You are listening to the audiobook of Manimals by Mel Brooks Crow. This is episode one, part five. Exterior. Along the pier, night. Mayaka holds the little girl in his trunk, close to him, as he runs along the dock, Hashim following close behind. They get to the pickup, jump in, and quickly zoom off. The little girl sits in the passenger seat next to Hashim, who is driving. She is eating peanut butter pouches as if they are candy. Hashim. I sure hope she doesn't have a peanut allergy. Mayaka grins in agreement. Exterior. New York City Colossal Hotel, night. The hotel has a limousine and several police cars parked in front. Marshall drives up in his red Dodge Charger and parks behind the other police cars. He quickly exits the car and jogs to the hotel entrance. Interior. New York City Colossal Hotel. Marshall enters to see a police officer standing in the lobby. The officer knows who Marshall is. Policeman. Right this way, sir. The policeman motions to the large, open double doors to his right. Interior. Hotel ballroom. Night. Marshall enters the ballroom, where he finds Officer Dakota. He sees Jessup in his office to the left of the ballroom, reading and inspecting a letter with some other police officers. Marshall. Quietly to Dakota. What's the situation? Dakota. A mailed letter from the Nappers arrived at the hotel today with instructions on the drop. Today? U.S. Postal mailed? Yes. That means it had to have been mailed. Before the girl was abducted. Was the letter handwritten? Of course not. These guys are meticulous. It was printed from a computer. We could possibly trace that. No time. The drop is in... Looking at watch. 42 minutes. Where? How? Exterior. City street. Night. Jessup is supposed to put cash in an aluminum briefcase. Then Jessup himself is to drop the case into a manhole on 5th and Lincoln. Close-up of manhole cover. A hook tool lifts the cover and reveals the darkness below. Wide shot of Jessup standing over the open hole. The street is blocked off with orange and white traffic cones, barrels and barricades. Construction equipment is parked on the street, and there is a large hole that has been dug so workers can repair a gas line. Jessup picks up an aluminum briefcase that sits on the ground next to him, drops it into the hole, and places the cover back over it. I've checked out the location. No traffic can go through that street because it's closed off due to construction. The nappers could be watching us make the drop from any number of buildings within a quarter-mile radius. Fade to empty street, and Jessup disappears. Dakota drives up in her black, unmarked police car and parks near the curb. She gets out, walks around the construction barricades to the manhole cover, and inspects it carefully. Steam billows from it. Dakota looks around the street for anything suspicious. She looks up at the large apartment buildings and skyscrapers towering over her. She is deep in thought. Let me guess. The nappers can enter the sewer system from any location in the city, using GPS. They locate the briefcase and exit the sewer from any other location in the city. Exterior. City Park. Night. Marcus in his mask with a curved LED display screen approaches a manhole cover in the center of a playground surrounded by towering condo buildings. He removes the cover, looks around to make sure nobody is watching, and jumps into the sewer below. Interior. Sewer system. Looking at the bright screen on his phone, the masked man sludges through the tunnels in the wet slime of vile excrement that nobody wants to smell or imagine. Yes, there's no way to monitor all the sewer's street entrances. Exterior. Central Park near Pulitzer Fountain. Night. 
The manhole cover in the center of a plaza in Central Park near the Pulitzer Fountain is removed and an aluminum briefcase is tossed out of the hole. The masked man climbs out. People walking through the park watch, confused. When they see the man wearing a mask, they scurry off in fear. Interior. Hotel ballroom. If we interfere, the girl gets it. The letter clearly states that the girl will not be returned alive until they have the money in hand. What's Jessup's plan? He has none. He wants to cooperate and get his girl back. That's his only concern. Without another word, Marshall walks toward Jessup, who is still in his office. Interior. Jessup's hotel office. Mr. Jessup, can we talk? We have to formulate a plan. If you pay them, they will only ask for more. Usually in a ransom situation, it's never enough. Jessup sets the briefcase on his office desk. Jessup. I don't care. If there's one thing I have plenty of, it's money. You can't give in, and you can't get emotional. I know it's difficult, but that will be your downfall. Jessup walks over to a wall safe and opens it. It's full of money. Jessup begins removing packs of $10,000, walking back and forth from the safe to his desk and putting the money in the briefcase. I can get emotional, and I will. I don't need money. I need my daughter. If anything happens to her, I will never forgive myself. Let me try to find them first. You can stall them. We have some leads. They may still kill her after you give them the money. I have to take that chance. If I give them the money in good faith, they may keep their end of the bargain. Don't count on it. You're giving them exactly what they want. Enough! It's all I have right now. No, they can't be trusted. But what choice do I have? I will make the drop and your people will be nowhere around just as they instructed. Do you understand? Mr. Jessup, if we don't catch these men, they will just abduct another child and it will continue. Jessup, grabbing the briefcase. I don't care, as long as it's not my daughter. Marshall grabs the briefcase, too, so that Jessup cannot move it. So, it's okay if it's someone else's daughter, right? Perhaps someone who can't pay the ransom they ask for? That's right! Trying to calm down. This isn't the time, detective. All I can think about is my daughter's life. I can't reason right now. Please, let's just play by their rules for now. If it doesn't work, I will try it your way. Jessup jerks the briefcase of money from Marshall and heads for the door. Marshall tries to follow him when Dakota grabs his arm and leans in close to whisper in his ear. We checked the license plate. It was a dead end. The plate was stolen off a vehicle in the Bronx over a week ago. Marshall shakes his head. I placed a GPS dot inside the suitcase without Mr. Jessup knowing. You what? It's the size of a quarter. I shoved it in between the bills. It could be days before the nappers find it, if at all. Hopefully we'll have the girl back safely by then. What if it is found and something happens to this girl? The department would be responsible. I wish you had discussed this with me first. I tried. You were too busy trying to reason with Jessup, so I made a judgment call. No. If Jessup knew you put that tracker in there, we need to get it back before the drop. Exterior. Colossal hotel entryway. Marshall is exiting the hotel, trying to catch up to Jessup before he reaches his limousine. Hashem's landscape truck pulls up to the front of the Colossal Hotel, screeching to a stop right behind the black stretch limousine. Mayaka jumps out of the back of the pickup truck as Jessup is opening the door of the limousine to get in. He sees Mayaka and stops. What are you doing back here? Mayaka. Mr. Jessup, I have information on your daughter. Jessup, caught off guard and stepping back. My what? You took her. You were here the day she was taken. 
right from this very spot. You were here. With clenched fists, Jessup runs toward Mayaka. Marshall runs up and grabs Jessup, trying to stop him. Wait, sir, let him speak. If he had taken your daughter, why would he come to see you just before the drop? Jessup drops the briefcase and shoves Marshall to one side. He runs up to Mayaka, swinging his fist. Mayaka does his best to hold him off. Where is she? Yes, sir, I was here. I saw them take your daughter, so how could I have taken her? Jessup doesn't listen and continues hitting Mayaka, knocking him to the ground and kicking him. Tell me where she is. Sally. Daddy, please stop. Instantly, Jessup stops and turns to see Hashim and his daughter standing by the truck. Sally. He's my friend, Daddy, please stop. Jessup runs to his daughter, swoops her up and holds her tight, with tears coming to his eyes. You're all right. Oh, thank goodness. You're all right, my baby. I was so worried. Sally. The elephant got me away from the bad man. Marshall helps Mayaka to his feet. Take the elephant into custody. Wait, what? The other police officers look at Marshall, confused. You heard me. Cuff him. Take him downtown for questioning. The jackal, too. The police officers shove Mayaka up against the truck. No, stop! Marshall, you stop right there. Sorry, Mr. Chessup. This is out of your hands. To Marshall. The Southern Pier, Chelsea, Dock 13A. That's where we found her. You will find one of them inside the boat. I don't know if the others have returned. You may be able to apprehend them there. The police stop arresting Mayaka and wait for a response from Marshall, which seems to take forever. Marshall. Shaking his head. Take the cuffs off. One of the officers removes the cuffs from Mayaka, who massages his hurting wrists. All right, troops. Let's go check it out. Chelsea.13A. Move! Backup will meet us there. The police officers jump in their cars, flip on their lights and sirens and speed off as Jessup picks up the briefcase and walks to Mayaka. I am so sorry that I thought you were... Thank you so much. Jessup goes to take Mayaka's hand and shake it, but notices he doesn't have a hand. So he grabs his trunk and begins shaking. He embraces the elephant. But why would you do that for me? Why would you save my daughter after the way I treated you the other day? Because it was the right thing to do. There, there must be a way I can repay you. That isn't necessary. I was just trying to help. Jessup. The ransom. It's all yours. You can have it. Jessup holds out the aluminum briefcase for Mayaka to take. Please, I didn't do it for the reward. Are you crazy? Take the reward! Mayaka holds up his trunk, silencing Hashim. Fine, but let me do something for you, anything, to show my gratitude. Just name it. Mayaka thinks and scratches his head with the fingers of his trunk. I really could use a good job. I'm a manimal, and I only have my trunk, and I've been having a hard time... You got it. Whatever you would like to do. Okay, um... Mayaka turns and looks at the stretch limousine. A big grin takes over his face. He turns back to Mr. Jessup. Can you teach me to drive that? Jessup looks at the elephant, then at the car, then back to the elephant. Suddenly he nods and a big grin grows across his tear-soaked face. Come to dinner tonight at my house. Let's get you two cleaned up and give you something to eat, and we'll talk about it. You can start by riding in it. Mayaka, 
Sally, Jessup, and Hashim walked toward the limousine. Unless I'm mistaken, didn't you have tusks the last time I saw you? The chauffeur opens the door for them and they climb in and casually drive away. Fade out. Roll credits. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this audiobook please consider leaving an honest review, subscribe and share this program with others. Remember to visit the episode show notes and website, www.melsmanimals.com, for more information on the story, characters, upcoming episodes and about the author.